It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 6.07 on a Saturday morning, 69. It's close to 70 degrees this morning. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves with Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful in your landscape by asking questions of somebody who has done much more than you to kill the plants that you want to grow. Many of the plants that you have had problems with in your landscape are plants that I have had problems with in my landscape. And sometimes I've not been successful in bringing them back to life, and so I've tried my best to learn why and how and what and where I could have done to make it better. And in many cases, I've done it a second time and have succeeded. If you have a question about a plant, a lawn, a tree, a shrub, a flower, an indoor insect, an outdoor insect, an indoor critter, or an outdoor critter, 404-872-0750 will get you in to get your questions answered this morning. Crystal Wheeler will be screening our calls this morning. Ashley is on vacation, and she well deserves that based on the amount of hours the poor girl does every week here at WSB. So what have I done this past week in the garden? One of the things that I've done is last, <clears throat> last Saturday after radio, I called the kids up the street that mow my lawn. And said, hey, come up here and mow me, mow the guy across the street. They both were at the same time. And let's see what we can get this done to make our end of the street nice and neat. So the boys dutifully appeared. They bring their own mower from their house because they live about 10 houses from me. And they're twins. So they bring their own mower. And they borrow my mower. And the two of them have mowers that they can mow lawns simultaneously. And what I noticed after I came out, I was let them get started. Then I went inside the house for a little while. And when I came outside, I noticed that the mower that had come from their house was mowing my lawn much shorter than the mower that came from my house. In other words, my mower was at the right height. The mower that came from their house was a little short. He was almost finished. And so when I looked, I thought, this is not going to look so good. And so I asked what had happened. I said, oh, yeah, that's right. Dad uses more to mow our front lawn. They have a Bermuda front lawn, which is mowed shorter. And I have a St. Augustine lawn, which is mowed higher. Not much I can do at that point other than adjust it to the right height for the guy across the street. So they went across there and mowed his lawn and got paid and went home. But my curiosity about my own lawn, about, this, about the St. Augustine lawn, was whether or not it would recover very well from being mowed so short. Turns out, after five days, it does look okay now, but it also taught me a lesson of always, always, always check the height of a mower when other kids are doing it or when I'm doing it. Make sure that the mower height is correct. And I think that, that is one of the things that a lot of lawn owners have not even yet figured out that mowing short, shorter than the grass can, can really tolerate, is going to give you big, big problems as the time goes on. It makes little dead spots, little scalp spots where the weeds can get in. It does not do anything to shade the soil. And sometimes that's what weed seeds need is sunshine. And so if you mow the, the grass at the right height, then the grass shades the soil, keeps the seeds from germinating, and you don't have nearly the seed weed problem that you might otherwise. Always the rule, you remove about a third of the plant in one mowing. That's all the basic rule says. You go out there and see how tall your plant is. 
If you're mowing Bermuda grass, let's say, and you know it's about two inches tall right now, but you want to have it down at about an inch and a half, go out and mow it. If it's St. Augustine grass like mine, where you want it to be around three inches, I think, for St. Augustine, then that's the height it should be. You can let it go up a little higher than that, go to four, and then mow it. But you don't want to go from four inches down to two inches. That's removing half of the whole height of the plant, and that is not nearly enough to make it. That's going to make the plant very unhappy when it gets most of the blade mowed off of it. And I think a lot, of, a lot of mowers need to think about that. Fescue, I have a neighbor whom I have not counseled yet, but his uh, mowing crew, he's hired somebody else to come and mow his lawn. And I have not counseled with Reuben to say, you know, you'd look a lot better if they took that mower and put it up a notch. And the company that's doing his mowing are very likely to say to themselves, well, we only come every seven days, and if we come every seven days, we don't want to have to mow it when it's real high. We want to mow it down low and let it recover during the seven days. And they're actually doing my neighbor a disfavor because they're mowing it too low, and then it's recovering, and they're mowing it too low again, and that's why he has all the weeds that he has. Okay, I could be a better day. We're going to tell Ruben what to do right, but I haven't yet. But I will. I promise I will sometime soon. All right? Mow your lawn at the right height. Know which height the grass you have should be mowed at and do it correctly every every week or every five days or whatever it takes in order to mow your lawn and have it look nice. It's 6.12 on a Saturday morning. We go to the phones with our first caller of the morning. Let's click on my little assistant producer right here. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. There it comes onto the screen. And our friend Nicole in Griffin, Georgia. Hey, Nicole, good morning. Mr. Reeves. Miss Nicole, good morning. Uh, tell me why men, men like to uh, uh, pay so much attention to grass and what to do and they like to cut it. And <clears throat> For a woman, this is a different ball game. Because, we do it because we have to. <laughs> because when you're a guy, you like nothing more than having a job that you can complete and look at it and say, it's done, and put it in your pocket and walk away. And when you mow a lawn... You can look at the lawn and say everything is mowed to the right height. It is green. The mower is here. The garage would walk away. But for women, I think there's a little more of the aesthetics of the lawn and what the lawn looks like as it approaches the house and how it merges with the landscape. I agree with you, Nicole. Less women that I talk to in my line of work are worried about what their lawn looks like. and More men are competitive about it. But I think it's because you can't actually judge how nice a lawn looks, and that's what guys like. We like to be judged a little bit. We like to know that our lawn looks as good as our neighbor. So it's competition. Uh, yeah. For women, the flower is the competition. <laughs> and we may be buying into some complete wrong sexual stereotype here. I know that, Nicole. But, hey, I'm a guy. You're not a guy. So that's what I say. I think that guys like something they can see that's finished and complete. And you like to have something more flowery, more beautiful, more attractive, perhaps. Uh, all my life I work with men, okay? Yeah, and sure. I know now they are really precise in what they do. And when they uh, look at the job, they exactly know what to do. And uh, it takes forever. Sometimes we don't figure it out. It don't come easy like a man. How are you going to fix it? And yeah. they already know that they dream about it at night. The next morning they have it. You are exactly right. Oh, yeah, they're really precise. Us women, we just look at it and you say, oh, need a man. We cannot fix that. We, it don't come naturally in our head. 
it, I have been asked before by someone I was sleeping with who was sharing my bed saying the next day, did you have a nice night? And I said, yes, I went to sleep thinking about how to fix the lawnmower, and now I figured it out. <laughs> and I woke up. Yeah. <laughs> they said, the lawnmower? That was what you slept and thought about last night, not about me? No, I thought about the lawnmower last night, and it's going to be fixed by lunch. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we made to complete each other. Isn't uh, it? There's, there's the way it is, Nicole. Just that's the way it is. I see a lot of big mushroom, Mister Reed. Yeah. Oh, mushroom, Evan. It's just a wonderful thing. <laughs> I love them too. I love mushrooms. I love them. You see the sort of the circles and the patterns that they make, the different p- patterns of the mushrooms themselves, the shelf mushrooms and the mushrooms that um, you know have the classic stem and head. And then what I really, really like are the little puff balls. If you look carefully, you take your fingers beside them and puff them, just squeeze them a little bit, and they'll puff, puff, puff the uh, spores out of the top. I like those a lot. I dig all day. I mean, mine is probably not mine, but I saw some on the lawn. I, it, it, bec- it come something decaying underneath, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely true. Every mushroom you see is simply the flowering part of something that is decomposing underground, decomposing a root, decomposing a two-by-four, decomposing thatch on your lawn. Something's being decomposed, and it feels happy and wants to bloom, and that mushroom is the bloom. Mr. Wade say that uh, mushrooms are really not a good news in the law, isn't it? Well, I don't know. Okay. Uh, you know, I don't have any... There are times when mushrooms in a lawn can show something bad is happening in the lawn. In particular, there's a, a type of mushroom called the fairy ring mushroom, and it decomposes thatch in your lawn. And it goes in big circles, big deep green circles is what it grows on, and it goes out and out and out. And sometimes it'll show, cause circles of dead grass in the lawn. And so I agree with Mr. Wade there that maybe mushrooms are not good for the lawn in that case. But other mushrooms that decompose logs and decompose uh, limbs and things in, in the wild, in the forest, they're good because otherwise we'd be covered up in limbs and covered up in wood. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, some of them in, in the wood, they're just like pink and purple oh, and yeah. orange. Oh, beautiful. And, lovely, lovely, lovely. Orange ones. Oh, I love those orange ones. The yellow ones are so like honey. Um, uh, yeah, there's several. When you go in the woods, that's one of the pleasures of walking in the woods is to see new mushrooms that you haven't noticed before. Well, you don't touch them and you don't eat them. Don't touch them. Don't eat them unless you're an experienced mushroom identifier. And whenever somebody asks me, is this safe to eat, I never, ever in my life say that mushroom is safe to eat. No, I will not even usually tell them what it is. I'll say, you might find resources here. Look it up yourself. Don't don't be blaming me if you eat that mushroom. You're going to wind up in the hospital, isn't it? You're going to wind up somewhere we don't want to talk about. It's 618, Nicole. i got to go. <laughs> Enjoy your Enjoy day. Enjoy your day, sweetheart. We'll see you next, next week. 404-872-0750 is the number, it's 618, and we will be right back. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. Words are flowing out like endless rain into a paper cup. They slither wildly as they slip away across the universe. 
And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Weather today is going to be sunny most day. Most of the day high around 88, 89 degrees today. Overnight lows around 69 or 70. Slight chance of rain overnight tomorrow about the same. 80s in the middle of the day, mostly sunny and low about 67. Your full weekend forecast comes in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Joy is out in Snellville and has a question about her mower height and how we adjust that properly for ourselves. One, two, three, four, five. Hi, Joy. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. Actually, my question has to do with follow-up with um, your your opening discussion. Yeah. I live in a community where the Homeowners Association pays for all the um, yards to be cut through yeah. a contract, and so the uh, lawn service employees come yard, 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 and with the mowers set at one height. They're not adjusting it from, for a particular yard. Is it different grasses in different yards? Yeah. Some, well, it's mostly Bermuda. Some of them have... People, some homeowners have um, resodded um, part of their yards with zoysia. Okay. And that, as far as I know, that's the only two types of grass. But the issue is, I've noticed this year that especially that several of the lawns, including mine, um, have some weeks have been sheared. Yeah. And now almost all the yards have a lot of weed problems. And I'm wondering if that has to do what you were saying with the improper mower height. Very likely. Okay. Very ask, likely. Okay. Another question I would have, could um, they uh, mowers going from different yards without being clean, could they be spreading diseases such as fungus? Research does not support that. And the only time that I think I've ever seen something where I suspected a mower had taken brown patch from one place to another, you could actually see the mower tracks <laughs> in the new lawn. You could see that where the disease had gotten onto the wheels and somehow had spread and then spread in the new lawn and along a track that the mower had mowed along. But most of the time, that's not enough to worry about. A good conscientious crew would wash the mower off between mowings. But in my experience, it's not a big thing to think about. Okay. Even weed seeds, even you know diseases and things like that just don't seem to be a big worrisome thing for the crews. Well, you mentioned weed seeds. Um, they don't they don't bag the grass. So if if the weeds are going to seed, seed which they were yeah. recently when the grass was cut, so they could be spreading more weeds that way just by blowing the seeds without bagging it. Is that right? I, possibly, but I'm I'm. A, I'm a proponent of not bagging grass clippings because there's so much benefit to the grass clippings as they add more moisture and nutrients back to the soil. So, yeah, if there were weed seeds that they mowed, they would fall to the ground. But if the grass is mowed at the right height, those seeds won't germinate. Okay. So I think it's well worth your while to mention to the HOA person in charge of landscaping and say, you know, zoysia and Bermuda and different people's lots might have different conditions. I do not see the landscape crew changing heights from the mower. It might be something to research and uh, ask them why they do it that way. That's exactly what I would do. It's 628 at News Talk WSB. Back to more Lawn and Garden after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 6.36 at News Talk WSB, 69 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful in whatever you do in the landscape. A little advice here and there and what you can do to be happy. In the next half hour, 
Tony in Marietta wants to talk about his hibiscus plant. And Tim in Monroe has a question about Dallas grass in his horse farm. Mark in Jefferson wants to know about growing water lilies. William in Stevens County wants to know about black turpentine beetles. They could be bad on pine trees this year. And Jim in Flash Holes says, let's talk, talk about my pear tree. Jim, you're on the air. Let's talk about your pear tree. Hey, Jim, good morning. Good morning. What can we do for you? Yes, sir. I have a pear tree in my yard. I set out about five years ago. And it, uh, it's never made a lot. It never made more than seven or eight pears on it. Yeah. And it, it's just quit bearing. The tree is pretty green and, and healthy and everything, but it just didn't bear. How much are you fertilizing every year, Jim? Uh, I used to put miracle grow in it on it about once a week, about the first two years that I set it out. Yeah. Trying to get a good root system, but since then I have not fertilized. Is it in a lawn area that you're fertilizing around it, or is there any other sources of fertilizer that could come to it? No. I think there's our same answer, Jim. It needs to be fertilized more. Even though you fertilized it when it was young, it certainly needed it then as it was establishing the trunk and the root system and all that kind of stuff. Ongoing, it needs fertilizing every year, maybe twice a year. Because that new growth is what makes those new little fruiting spurs out at the ends of the branches. And if it doesn't have enough nutrients to make many fruiting spurs, then Jim doesn't get any pears. And so that's where I would aim my efforts next is to fertilize it. Not right now. Let me think. This is August. So we've got from now until October, November. You could give it a little bit of fertilizer now. Take my words back. You could give it a little bit of fertilizer now, Jim. And 10-10-10 is fine with me or anything that is relatively fast-releasing fertilizer. Put, let's see, how tall is it, Jim? How big is this tree? Oh, it's about as big around as a baseball uh, um, and probably 12, 15 foot tall. All right, it'll need about a pint. Let's put a pint of 10, 10, 10 scattered out beyond the branch spread on the tree. That's where all the good feeder roots are. About a pint of 10, 10, 10 now. Next spring, when the leaves are just beginning to open up, a little bit of 10, 10, 10 then, about a half a pint and another half pint to, to pint in 1st of June. And what you're doing is spreading out the nutrition, you're spreading out the amount of nitrogen that it gets, and that should stimulate a good bit of new growth. And that may not show you next year that you get more pears. It may be the year after next that you get more pears. But eventually, if you'll do this regularly, feed the tree so it gets more new growth, Eventually, you're going to have a lot more pear than you have now. All right. Well, I thank you. All right. Talk, good talking to you, Jim. Thanks for calling. Drive safely, sir. We got Mark on the line. Mark's from Jefferson, Georgia. Hey, Mark. Good morning. Good morning, Uncle Walter. I hope you're doing well. I got I'm a well. good question for you. Yes, sir. What? All right. So my fa- my house faces east to west, and I I might have you know stepped on my own feet here. I put a garden next to the. Uh, the drainage from my air conditioner unit thinking, yeah. hey, it would it would kind of water some of this stuff. Sure. And uh, I've got a watermelon vine in there that, man, it's gotten real long. It's probably eight, nine feet long. But uh, a couple of weeks back when we got rain every day, I had a watermelon on there and it popped. Oh. Well, now I've got two more on there. And my little girl, she's four, she is so excited and she wants mm-hmm. to grow out one of these watermelons. Is there anything I can do preventatively, like maybe putting cardboard under it? Anything like that to keep these things going, so they don't pop, and the, you know little critters don't get to them, or anything like that. You got any ideas about that? Yeah, I have seen people use bricks or even cinder blocks. I know one guy had three, I believe, three watermelons in the backyard. And he put them up on just 
surplus cinder blocks he had by the garage. So like anything, a paver keep, or something? Yeah, anything that gets them off the damp ground would be good for protecting them a little bit, at least from worms and things that come up from below. And uh, if the ground stays moist near the root system, that's fine. But if it's staying real moist out where the fruit, where the watermelons are growing, that seems like a lot more moisture than the plant actually needs. Ah, uh, gosh. That makes sense, Because, yeah, I mean, this jugger, this first one I got, man, it got out the solid 10 inches in diameter. And we, me and my little girl, I'll get home from work, stick and stuff, <laughs> and we'll run out there and look at them. She said, Daddy, let's look at the vegetables. So... And every day, it was, look, the watermelon so big, wow. and then one day it just, man, it popped right down the middle, and it was just a mess. And now I got these other two, so I just want to take good care of them. That's yeah. a good idea, though. Thank you. All right. You and the, I think that's a great story, Mark. You and the daughter going to look at the vegetables, make sure they're growing good. That's a wonderful memory to have in your life. Yes, sir. Well, you have a good day, brother. You too, Mark. We'll see you soon. Yes, sir. Bye. 404-872-0750 gets you in to take Mark's place. Tim is up in Monroe, Georgia. Hey, Tim, good morning. Hey there, Walter. Thank you for taking my call. Brother Tim. Uh, I've got a 15-acre horse farm. Yeah. Uh, I fertilize every year. I spray for weeds every year. Uh, the fertilizing numbers that I used this year was 21714. I use a product called Pasture Pro to take down the weeds. It's friendly to the horses. But I got a problem with, I don't know if it's Dallas grass or Johnson grass. Uh, there is Bermuda grass in the areas, but this Johnson or Dallas grass just starts taking over and grows, grows like a weed. <laughs> yeah. how, how do you ever let it grow tall enough? Because Dallas grass will only get about two, what, 14 inches high. And Johnson grass, of course, goes up to three and four feet high. So if okay. you let them grow, would you be able to tell the difference between the two then? It's, it, it's Johnson grass then. Okay. Yes, sir. Hmm. And Johnson grass is going to be particularly hard to control because it is a grass, and it is like your pasture grass, Bermuda, right. and the things that are mixed in there. It doesn't, doesn't really respond to weed killers, which most of which were good for controlling broadleaf-type weeds and not, not the grassy weeds. Yes, sir. Well, well now, hmm. what if I was to keep it cut more often? Would, would the Bermuda grass tend to take over the Johnson grass, or would the Johnson grass tend to spread more? It will tend to take over, but I'm not sure in your in my lifetime that's going to happen to <laughs> Johnson yeah. grass is such a vigorous grass. It has very vigorous stolons, the root part that goes underground. And I, if you mow Johnson grass every three or four days to keep it from ever getting higher than three or four inches, probably it would decline and go away. I right. just can't see Tim out there with his lawnmower mowing those patches of, of Johnson grass every week. It just doesn't seem like you're going to do that. Right. So, right. We, we, well, you know, it does have its areas. Yeah. Uh, I could possibly just try to keep hitting the certain areas that it's at, but it uh, it is a problem. Yeah. Um, maybe horses, maybe you horses could... don't don't like it, and horses like crabgrass. I don't yeah. have a problem with that, but uh, horses do not like Johnson grass. Maybe a one-time hit with Roundup wouldn't wouldn't be a bad thing in there because Roundup will certainly kill Johnson grass. There'll be some little roots that will escape, but that'll give a big big hack to it if you do it one time with Roundup. Right, right. Well, what if I was to let let, let let's say let the Johnson grass get a little bit high so that if I did hit it with Roundup, mm -hmm. it might not get down to the Bermuda grass. Is is that possible? You know, also. Uh, maybe you'd have to be awful careful to be not hit the Bermuda grass because when you spray, there's little micro droplets that go out right. of your spray that you barely can't even see, and they will drop down onto anything 
lower than the place you're spraying. You can wipe it on if you want to. There are wipers you can use to wipe Roundup onto tall grasses, and some pasture managers do that exactly. They have a big wiper bar behind the tractor, and they wipe it across the field, and all the broadleaf weeds, the amaranth, pigweed, things like that, hit the wiper bar, and they get Roundup on them, and the grass that's underneath doesn't get anything on it because the wiper doesn't drip. Okay. Well, all right, sir. I do appreciate the time, and uh, I'll give some of that a try. I might try to keep it cut or something like that also. All right, Tim. That sounds good to me. Thanks, sir. You bet. We'll see you soon, Tim. All right, sir. Bye. 45 minutes past the hour. I think we can swing William in here. Williams in Stevens, Georgia. Hey, William. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. What's happening, brother? Uh, Black turpentine beetles, buddy. What are they doing to you? Oh, they got in some old-growth pines on my place down here. Well, and they done kill one tree, and now they're working on three others right next to it. And these pines are probably sixty years old, buddy. This is where you call my grandfather. That's right. They say, own the whole fence line. You say, Mister Coley, can you come down and take your sawmill and saw up these pine trees to make me some lumber because I'm going to build a barn or a smokehouse or yeah. a well uh, privy or, or privy. Yeah, we can do that. But that's what my grandfather did. He had the portable sawmill. And mules that he would carry it around the countryside. If somebody had timber that needed to come down, yeah. Mr. Reeves would take it down and saw it up and go hags with you. Yeah. Well, these trees have been there so long that barbed wires grow up right oh, in yeah. the middle of the trees. Don't do that to Mr. Coley Reeves. Don't ruin his saws yeah, with the barbed wire. I don't know about that, buddy. I've hit enough nails when these deer hunters yeah. put up deer stands. So, what do you need from me then? All Wait. right. I want to know if you know about any kind of a treatment. That can be done. Now, I've been told quite a few things about the Georgia Forestry Commission and different yeah. ones I've talked to, but nobody seems to have a solution to get rid of the uh, black turpentine beetle. The problem is more environment than it is anything else. I mean, when you had that drought last year, I predicted during the yeah. drought of last year, I said there's going to be pine trees that get southern pine beetle, Ips beetle, out, turpentine beetles because of the drought. Right. And you've probably got too many pine trees to spray all of them. You can hire people, of course, but it costs thousands of dollars for them to go with a truck yeah. through the pine plots and spray the trunk of the tree up as far as you need to spray. Uh -huh. So, you know, frankly, right now, if it's just a few to, to uh, worry with, take them down. Don't let the pine beetles hatch out of them. Take them down and saw them up or stack them up or do something to keep the pine beetle population under control. Yeah, well, there's, a, there's quite a few more old trees on this same yeah. line. So oh, yeah. I'm wondering if they're going to hit all of them or what. It'll depend on how healthy they are and how much water they have in their roots. Pray for, you know, pray for a good rainy season to continue on this year so you continue with good, healthy trees that are not stressed. And yeah. pray that we don't have a drought like we had last year. Yeah. Well, I've been lucky so far. I'm a tree farmer, by the way. Yeah. And I, ha I haven't lost that many trees, but... I didn't anticipate these uh, turpentine beetles yeah. jumping in there. Yeah, well, you know, beside me, the Forestry Service would have more information even than I do yeah. about controlling turpentine beetles, so that should be your call Monday morning. Ask them what they think you should do. Yeah, okay. Okay, well, you have a good weekend, buddy. Me, it's my pleasure. It's already started. Thank you for calling. Okay, Walter. Bye-bye. 404-872-0750 gets you into Tate Williams Place. We'll be back right after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. 
Now back to Walter Reeves the lawn and garden advice you need. Quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. High today around 88, 89 perhaps degrees today. Overnight lows in the high 60s, 69 or 70, just as it is right now, 69.2 degrees. 30% chance of rain overnight. Tomorrow about the same. Highs in the high 80s and lows tomorrow night in the high 60s, if not 70 degrees. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And don't forget, Monday, the Eclipse Day. Yes, indeed, WSB will be covering that. The skycopter will be over the roads headed to North Georgia. So if you were just going to go up to North Georgia to watch the Eclipse from there, you can get around best by listening to your traffic source, News Talk WSB. Evan is in commerce and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Evan, good morning. Good morning, sir. How can I help Evan? I have got an oak tree in my front yard. It's um, probably as big around as a five-gallon bucket, maybe 25 feet tall. Yeah. And it is putting out about maybe 50% of the leaves that shed or less. And it's losing the bark up from the stump out of the ground to about waist high. Wow. All the bark is coming off of it. Right. And it's putting out leaves all the way to the top, which tells me there's life up there. But is there anything I can do to save this tree, or I just need to cut it down and dig up the stump and start over? Why is the bark coming off of the tree? What I have that? no idea. The only thing I can think of is about two years ago, I cut some low limbs off of it so I could cut the grass around it and things mm-hmm. like that. Sure. And I may have done it at a bad time of year that might have caused it, or no, maybe something no, in the ground. That wouldn't that wouldn't cause it. Is this a tree that's in its natural environment. In other words, did you plant it? Was it planted there before you bought the house? Um, it's in a subdivision. They're planted in everybody's front yard. And mine's the only one on the street that's doing this. Ah. So, when you go out and look at this tree, where the trunk goes into the ground, does it flare out to make the root system, or does it go straight into the ground like a post? It kind of flares out at the bottom. It seems like it, had, it does have some shallow roots on it. Uh-huh. If you want to do a little homework, and this is what I did for my neighbor down the street who had a cherry tree that just dried up and died almost overnight. The problem right. is goes. A, this is done many more times than I wish it, wish it happened, and that is poor planting depth. The trees need to be planted at a place where the flare roots are right at the soil surface. And in the case of Noel's tree, it was down below the soil about six inches, and I see a lot of commercially planted trees that are planted too deep. So go out today, if you can, and get a little trowel or something and excavate around the base of the trunk and see what the roots look like under the ground there. And if it looks like they're buried deep, more three, four, five, six inches deep, that would fit the symptoms you have of all the bark coming off the tree. And frankly, if the bark's off the tree, there's not a whole lot you can do about it, Evan. It's going gonna, it's gonna to go away and die. And the next tree that's planted in its place, make sure you know where the roots are and make sure they're planted right close to the surface of the ground. That is key when you're planting a tree. At 6.58 at News Talk WSB, we'll be back after this.